this text a long time ago. I preached it maybe two or three times. And uh, all morning long, just this first phrase in verse six kept going through my mind. So with God's help, I'm gonna try just for a few minutes to share with you what God has given me. Is everybody there? Psalm 22, verse six. He says, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men the despised of the people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again. God, you've given us so much. Lord, you've blessed us on so many ways. God, on so many hands. God, everywhere we look, every direction we can turn, God, you're there. And Lord, I thank you that one day you went to the cross of Calvary and you suffered and died alone. You didn't have the Father there to comfort you, to help you. You didn't have no one there to lean on or to call or talk to, but Jesus, you did that for you, for us, for each and every person that's ever lived on this earth. You did it for me individually. And I don't know why and how you could love me that much. God, I've failed you in ways that I can't even begin to count. But God, you have never failed me in no way, shape, or form. Your grace, God, Lord, is unquenchable. And God, I thank you and I praise you. That Father, every step of the way, you're there with us. Thank you for visiting us with us this morning. Thank you for loving on us. God, every now and then we need this. We need to know that you're still there. That you're still real, God, and there's nothing like your love and your presence. Help me this morning, God, to say just a few words here, Lord, and get out of the way. God, I don't want to get in the way. I want you to have your way, Holy Spirit. And please give me what's needed for these people this morning. I want them to hear from you, God. Help me to preach just straight to you this morning, God, and for you, Jesus, and for nothing more than to honor you. And we thank you and we praise you. In Lord Jesus Christ's name we pray and amen. Um, as I say it, I, I preached in this text. It's, I'm going to go a lot on memory here. It's been a while. But if you'll allow me just a quick introduction, just give me just a few minutes, I'll be done. I, I know a lot of us in life, we think of squeamish things. We get grossed out by certain things. We get things and bugs and worms. And it just kind of jars us a little bit every now and then. Uh, I know a few people, you show them a spider and they can climb a climbless wall. Uh, you show some people a worm and they get all squeamish uh, and, and different things. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know many things that people get more grossed out by than worms. If we be real, we be honest. It's one of the most, uh, sometimes you can say disturbing things you can find. Uh, I know myself, when you go fishing, if you've never experienced this, I'm going to describe it to you. You take a night crawler and put it on the hook certain way you hit that thing, it'll pop and bust and black juice goes everywhere. And it's very disgusting. It doesn't really bother me. I'll turn around, wipe my hands off and eat some potato chips. And some people would absolutely throw up at the thoughts of that. There was a guy a few years ago, a friend, a preacher, a friend of mine was counseling a policeman in a small town in West Virginia. He had got caught up in sin. He had committed adultery and fornication with a younger lady. And he described himself to this preacher friend of mine. He said, I feel lower than a slime on a worm. And be careful how you in your mind judge that man because your sins are no better. Be careful how you look down on people and say, I wouldn't do that. Sometimes God will lay on your plate and just to see how well you do with it. But here, uh, help me Lord to stay on track here. Here, what I want to talk to you just for a few minutes, I don't know where God wants to go, but I'm going to make an attempt at thinking where he wants to go. He says, but I am a worm and no man. Jesus is describing himself here. The psalmist David is writing this psalm and he's describing our Savior on the cross of Calvary. 
And he's describing you know, what he was going through. And at that time, he was the lowest thing on earth because he took your sins and my sins. He became our sin for God and for you and I and for the sacrifice that we need him. And what I want to tell you this morning is there are certain collars in the Bible that was made with certain types of worms. There was a worm that chewed on the oak tree over in Israel and they would take, go and find that little worm and these insects in the bark of those oak trees and they would take and squeeze and mash those worms to get the red out of that worm and it would get the color red from that is how the red was made in the Bible. Do you know that God took Jesus and nailed him to a tree and he turned red for you and I from the blood of the cross of Calvary and God matched him for you and I. God destroyed his son for you and I this morning and how do you think he loves you and yet we don't love him like we should sometimes. Thank God he loves us. Hey, I know it's not based on feelings but Lord, I sure thank you when you give them. The color purple. Do you know the color purple was found primarily up in, um, I didn't know the name of the town, but anyway, I forgot right off the top of my head. Uh, but it come from a, 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 a shellfish out of the ocean. And they would take that shellfish and pull it out. And they would have to puncture it and squeeze out of that shellfish to get the color purple. And they would take that dye and make a solution from what they got out of that shellfish and they would squeeze everything out of it to get that color purple and they would soak garments in that dye to, to turn them purple. Purple in the Bible is royalty. It was the most sought after and prized color. It was the most expensive color that there was in the Bible. And it was considered the hardest to come by. And you know, you and I, God took and squeezed everything out of Jesus for you and I so he can make us royalty. The color purple in the Bible signifies royalty. And you and I, if you are born again, are royalty in the eyes of God, if you are lost, one day sin is going to squeeze everything out of you for eternity in hell and you'll never get any relief. But thank God, he squeezed everything out of Jesus. He said, I am a worm. And everything he needed, God needed for you and I, he squeezed it from him. The color white, that was most of the time they would put it in a certain solution, but more than anything, they would lay it down on a hot surface somewhere like a rock or something and expose it to the sunlight. The sunlight would turn it dye white. Thank God, exposure to the sun will make you white as snow. Whatever sin you're struggling with this morning, whatever problems you've got, you need to come and get a little exposure to the sun and he'll take and clothe you. He'll take that scarlet red that was squeezed and beat out of that worm on that oak tree and take that collar purple dye and he'll take that red and cover your sins, forgive you of your sins with his blood and that purple make you royalty and make you white as snow but exposure to him. Thank God he became a worm for you and I. Don't you think we ought to love him just a little bit more? Let me ask you something. What's the worst way you would describe yourself? Would you be willing to describe yourself that low? Would you be willing to be able to come that low for God? Would you not be willing to be caught a worm for Jesus? He was for us. 
our pride wells up inside of us. Nobody's going to talk to me that way. How would you like to have the power to just look at people and they explode? God could have done that. I agree, the angels could have come and got him off the cross, but I'm going to tell you a little something. Jesus didn't need the angels. Yes, he was man, but he was still God. All he had to do was look at them and say, you know what, I think I've had enough of this. And every one of them could have fell dead right there on the spot. He could have tormented them any way he wanted to. He could have done what he wanted to with it because he made man, he created man. The scientist one time gave God a competition, said, I can make man. God said, okay, we'll go to contests. We'll make man. The scientist reached down, got a handful of dirt. God stopped him and said, no, 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 no. You gotta get your own dirt. God took dirt and made you and I. He took us to the lowest form of life and he became the lowest form of life on earth for you and I real quickly and I'll be done. He says, a reproach of men, which means disgrace and shame. Can't hardly talk. He was a disgrace in the eyes of man. You know, sometimes God might disgrace us in the eyes of man for his glory. And you know what? He's got that right. We don't allow nobody to disgrace us. Man, our pride will well up inside of us. You're not going to disgrace me. Jesus was. Do you realize in the eyes of man on the cross of Calvary, he was an embarrassment. He was a shame. He was a failure. When he was crucified, all of his closest friends except for one departed and left. Only one we can find the Bible was there at the foot of the cross at the crucifixion with his mother Mary and another uh, and a couple other ladies. And Jesus looked down at that disciple and he said, behold thy mother, behold thy son. And what he was saying is, woman, I know people have disgraced you. They have shamed you. They have laughed at you. They have laughed you to scorn and marked you to scorn because they say no way a virgin can have a son. But here I am hanging between heaven and earth for all of eternity. Hey, I am who I said I am and you are vindicated. God will vindicate you if you and I will trust him and give him a chance. Too much of the time we don't give him a chance. He became shame for you and I. He became a reproach. He was a disgrace in the eyes of the world. You and I are not willing to be disgraced sometimes for God. We're not willing to take our lumps. Thank God he's forgiven me for every sin I've ever committed. But you and I and everyone else like us, we sometimes need to uh, do it up just a little bit and take what is responsibly ours for the consequences of our sins sometimes. I don't like them either. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just own up to them and say, God, let come what may. And sometimes if we're just to be a little more willing to be a worm for him and a little bit of a disgrace, he might lessen the penalty a little bit. Lastly, and despised of the people. Let me read these next couple verses. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out to my lip, they shake the head, saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. Thou proves his, his, his man proves his human. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. You know, I, he was the first person 
best I can tell from the Bible, that for the first time since man took breath was without the presence of God while on earth. No other human while here on earth have we been out the presence of God. What do you mean, preacher? Because God's presence is still here in the form of Holy Spirit on this earth. You may not be born again. You may not always feel him, but he's here. He's there. The resistance against evil is him. He's the reason this thing is held back, not getting worse than it is. One day when we're gone and all hell is turned loose on earth, you're gonna wish you would have listened to this preacher. He says, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. I say this a lot anymore, and I'm going to say it more and more until we leave here. This world hates the church. Get a hold of that. They hate you. They don't like you. Realize that. They're not your friend. I'm not saying you ain't got friends out here that's unsaved. That's not what I'm telling you. But I'm here to tell you, you condemn them by being in their presence. They don't like you. And it's not really you they dislike. You know who they don't like? It's Jesus. In you is who they don't like. Imagine the people that you made for your glory despising you and killing you. That's what Jesus did for you and I. He became a worm. Next time you go out, everybody from now on, everybody sees a worm, they'll think of me in this message, won't they? When you look at that worm, I want you to stop and think for a second. Jesus became that for me. He loves you that much. Don't you think we owe him just a little? A little of our time. Just a little bit of our time. I came prepared to preach Colossians chapter 1 down into chapter 2 verse 7. It talks about my responsibility as a minister. And it was very sobering for me to read that and study that. Then it talks about your responsibility as the church and how all of us are to mature in Christ. I'm just giving you a quick little headline there of it. I'm going to ask you this, and I'm done. Are you as mature as a Christian as you are an adult in life? Because that's what the Bible is demanding. Most of us are much more mature as a human than we are as a Christian. If you and I were half as mature as a Christian as we are human, a lot less would bother us. This preacher and the other preacher could preach a lot stronger things and it wouldn't affect us like it does. I'm going to use you for an example because you said it yourself. Sunday school class, my Aunt Janet, and I'll even go as far as say Aunt Janet, said I preached something not long ago. When I first said it, she went, huh. She got a little bit offended at her nephew. She got a little little red in the face. It wasn't her, her nephew that was preaching it that bothered her. It was God putting his finger on something in her life is what was bothering her. I don't see in your hearts what's, what you deal with. Some of you, I can look you in the eye and I got a pretty good idea that you're not where God wants you to be. As a pastor, God gives me insight in your heart sometimes that you don't know that I see. 
Not everything, but there's some things God gives me a little bit of inclination. But God puts his finger on something and he says, remember when I was a worm for you? Are you willing to do that for me? Some of you, a few minutes ago, you felt that presence of God. Some of you fought it off because you were scared to death to raise your hand or say amen. And some of you are just quiet, and that's okay. But some of you are not, and it's not okay. And you're not okay with me right now. Not me. It's to him. Is he not worth it? Is he not worth it? He said, but I am a worm. We look down on people in life, drunks, dope addicts, porn addicts, homosexuals, whatever form of sin you want to classify there. And we all think of the lowest gutter someone could get in. When Jesus became that worm, he crawled under them in that gutter and said, I'm lower. I'm lower. And you and I reject him all the time. I thought it was what, and I'm trying to quit, I thought it was what Mindy said. These little kids will get up here Someone will get embarrassed and cry and whatever else. Most of them will come up here and do whatever you ask them to do. My little daughter will get into awful arguments with some of these kids in this church that ever was because she wants her way and her way and only her way. In every competition, she wins and only she wins every time. She doesn't allow us to win, nor is she going to allow any other kid to win. She's going to win. They'll get and literally shove each other down and five minutes later, they'll be playing again. Amen. And it's forgotten. You know why? Because they're not old enough what pride is yet. Amen. That seed of pride hasn't been, been made present yet. And you and I are eat up with it. And Jesus said, I'm a worm. How about you this morning? The title of my original message was How Mature Are You? I read this and I think about what God did for our Savior. What he did to him for you and I. We owe him a little bit, don't we? I'm gonna help some of you this morning. We're gonna raise our hand, raise your right hand, if you're able, if not, you got a left hand, raise it. On the count of three, we're going to say praise the Lord. Raise it high. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. You can do it. I promise your arm won't fall off. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Now, the next one's on you. Praise the Lord. I helped you get the first one out. You know, sometimes if you try that just a little bit, you might go, hmm, I might have liked that. God might say, I like that too. Let me give you just a little bit more. He said, I'm a worm. And because he became a worm, you became royalty this morning. His red blood cleansed you of your sins.
His purple robe of royalty was placed on you and your sins became white in the eyes of God. I think we owe him just a little bit. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I, I pray I obeyed you. I pray I honored you, Lord. I don't know the hearts of each one that are here this morning. I don't know what anyone is going through, but God, you do. Father, I pray that you encourage each one. God, I thank you that you came and visited with us. Help us not be ashamed. Help us not be afraid. Help us not be embarrassed. Help us put our pride aside. God, in anything and everything you ask us to do, if there's someone here this morning that's lost that doesn't know you, God, we know the biggest obstacle between us and you, Lord, again, is our pride, God. That's what drove Satan to come against you and try to defeat you. And God, I pray that you touch the hearts of anyone that is here. God, I pray that you convict them beyond their understanding. I pray that you would remove any distraction, anything that would hold them back. God, all they see is you and them. And God, all they can see is their sins and they're beholding God there in front of you. God, I pray that you touch them like they've never been touched. God, I pray conviction upon them like they didn't know was possible. And God, you deal with them and draw them near. And Lord, they see only you, Jesus, and nothing else. God, I pray this morning, someone this morning, God, needs to be saved. And maybe there's somebody, God, just needs to come back to you. Maybe they need to come and do business with you. Maybe there's something in their life and they know it's there. God, they've struggled with, they need help with, and God, you know all about it. And God, help them to realize you want them to come to you. You want them to bring it to you. I don't care if they have a hundred times, God. Maybe the hundred first is the one that'll count. Help them bring it to you this morning, God. Help us see you, Jesus. Help us see you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we stand.